Tonight's episode of Midnight Tea is brought to you in part by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Download the free app or go to anchor.fm to get started. fellow goths, horror enthusiasts, and children of the sun and moon. I am your humble Los Angeles witch, Moonchild Nil, and welcome to another episode of Midnight Tea. And as we are still in my birth month, and just passed on the 24th, a happy birthday to me. And of course, we are still in Pride Month. So happy Pride to everybody in the LGBTQ plus community and allies. Now, I think I've kept up with my time-honored tradition of never actually putting out an episode when I am on vacation. So I do apologize to everybody who was waiting for me to do one while I was on vacation in Las Vegas. I know I had promised an episode, and yet again, I did not deliver. Same thing happened when I took my winter vacation. So I think at this point, it's safe to say I'm going to stop telling my listeners that I will be releasing an episode when I'm on vacation. It's just not feasible. However, thank you to everybody who did send me birthday wishes. I had a fantastic birthday. Uh, Believe it or not, I actually had a thunderstorm happen on my actual birthday. So it took what was supposed to be an 102 degree weather day and knocked it down to 84 degrees. And it was much better. So yet again, thank you to everybody who wished me a happy birthday. Now, in Vegas, in Las Vegas, they pretty much had the state fully reopened, to which there was no real mask mandate. Of course, private establishments had the jurisdiction to make any rules they wanted about coming in with a mask or without. It's their constitutional rights. However, yeah, I think maybe the entirety of the trip, I saw maybe 20 people in total over the span of five days wearing a mask which is not a lot and it wasn't it was a little unnerving because I'm trying to teach myself to be more open about not wearing a mask as I'm fully vaccinated however with the delta strain of the virus in Nevada it was more common sense to wear masks more often so definitely wore my mask a lot less during this trip But it still went without saying that in certain situations, like going into restaurants or highly crowded areas, such as like an elevator, I did still wear a mask. However, for the safety of everybody around me for the next upcoming weeks, I will continue to wear a mask since the Delta strain is now back here in Southern California. And it's a lot safer for everybody if I were to wear a mask especially since I'm just trying to keep myself and others around me safe. And for anybody out there who is fully vaccinated, no matter which vaccine you took, whether it's Pfizer, Moderna, or the Johnson & Johnson, I know now there's at least another two uh, vaccines out there on the market, it's still highly encouraged that fully vaccinated people still wear their masks for the safety of those around them. It's just common courtesy, guys. I know... Just because lockdowns may have stopped in your state or your country doesn't mean you should be maskless. It just means you have the option to do so. But still, for the safety of those around you, please wear your mask, continue to wash your hands regularly, and practice social distancing. So that way we have the possibility of keeping ourselves out of another lockdown. Now, with that being said, guys, we have a very interesting episode for you. So let's go ahead and jump into it. And it's disclaimer time in that tonight's episode may contain strong language, possible spoilers for books and media, and dark topics. So this is your viewer or listener, discretion advised. All right, guys, so let's briefly talk about my birthday, which, like I said earlier, was absolutely phenomenal. Your girl went to Las Vegas for five days, stayed at the Luxor Hotel, which 
It's always been one of my favorite hotels because it's just such an iconic image. The Black Pyramid, the Sphinx, all the Egyptian touches that are still in this hotel today after many, many years. I believe this hotel has been in operation now about 27 years and still looks phenomenal. We stayed in a Pyramid King premiere room, which was inside the pyramid, obviously. So one of the walls were slanted. We were on the 13th floor. And let me tell you guys, the elevators they call them inclinators because they don't exactly go up. They go to a 39 degree angle, which means you're riding basically the side of the pyramid, which is intimidating as shit because the way it feels in that elevator, it's not natural. But nonetheless, still very cool. Definitely got vertigo from staying on the 13th floor. And they actually labeled it the 13th floor, which is fantastic, which gives you a hint as to something I will be talking about a little bit later. But surprisingly... Me and my love did not gamble on this trip. Um, You'll find that I'm not much of a gambler. I don't really care for it. I'll spend maybe $20 gambling like I did in my last trip. I think I only spent about $20 gambling and won mm, 75 cents. So you can see that gambling is not something that I take a lot of enjoyment in. But nonetheless, didn't really gamble, but did a lot of other things. Got to see a few shows definitely did a lot of day drinking in the swimming pool because it's allowed and it's fantastic and just overall had a really really good experience and like I said in my intro there was a thunderstorm on my birthday and that was pretty freaking amazing so yeah I just wanted to give you a highlight of my quickly about my birthday um on the day of not only did we have a thunderstorm me and my guy actually found get this in the Bally's Hotel, a place where you can play Twilight Zone themed black light miniature golf. It was awesome. And yes, I won. Not just because it was my birthday, but I whooped my guy's ass by three points. So I was thrilled. Definitely picked up a lot of cool souvenirs and trinkets. Definitely had to buy something Egyptian from the Luxor to have in my house. And actually, even also do too doing uh, the miniature golf. I also got to go see the Titanic exhibit on my birthday, which was absolutely amazing. And pictures will be posted soon. And I actually brought home a piece of coal that was salvaged from the Titanic wreckage, and I have it on my altar. And I bless it every day for the over twelve hundred victims of the Titanic tragedy that happened over a hundred years ago. But anybody who knows me well knows I was obsessed with this wreckage and the history of how many ways everything about that Titanic was doomed from the start. And it was just, it was a very eye-opening experience to go through the Titanic exhibit. I highly recommend it. It was a beautiful experience. If you're lucky, you'll get a deal where it costs like $26 to go through it. It's amazing. You get a card of, um, uh, a boarding pass, if you will, of a passenger that was actually on the ship in history and at the end of the tour you get to find out if your character if your person I'm, I'm sorry not a character your, if your person lived or died uh, my person in, in um, my person actually did not make it I was a first class female passenger that didn't survive which is pretty rare women in this case survived most often but like I said if anybody's a history buff or even if you just love the movie this is a, an amazing experience that I would highly recommend and yes, so without further ado and getting into this, which honestly some of it has been repeated, let's go ahead and get into our topics. So I'm actually going to bring you guys this one a little early, um, in, earlier in the episode, and that is my haunted segment. I know I haven't done a haunted LA segment in quite some time, and part of it is because, you know, I didn't want to run this dry. But for this episode in particular, I wanted to do a haunted Las Vegas segment because Las Vegas has its fair share of ghost stories, especially considering its history of how Las Vegas came to be. Now, granted, anybody who knows the area knows that originally Las Vegas started in Fremont, which is now considered old Las Vegas, compared to what we have now is the main five mile long strip. And... Yeah, there's a lot of history that goes into this. So I'm going to give two ghost stories. One about the hotel I stayed at, the Luxor. And one about a very famous celebrity who died on the Vegas Strip. 
And then I'm going to give you guys one of my own, which was a very interesting little ghost story. So first, I'm going to start off with the Luxor Hotel itself. Now, the Luxor, everybody knows it as the Black Pyramid with the giant sphinx in the front. But what a lot of people don't realize is the death that went into creating this hotel. Now, of course, when there's deaths that happen because of construction, a lot of people tend to keep it a little hushed. But there is proof and documentation that at least eight people died in the process of making the Luxor Hotel. So, yeah, their spirits still linger in the hotel. I don't know exactly what they died of or what they what process of the hotel they died in building. But, yeah, there's a few haunted little spirits that wander through the Luxor. In terms of what they do, I'm not sure. Um, this being, I think, my third time ever staying at the Luxor. And not exactly knowing till this year that there was any supernatural anything's going on. But this also leads me into something I already spoke of about the Luxor, and that is that it houses the Titanic exhibit. Now, why would that make it haunted? For any of you people not in the know, the Titanic was a very infamous ship that sunk on April 15th, 1912, due to hitting an iceberg. Now, granted, there's I could talk endlessly about the Titanic and the myriad of other ways the Titanic was doomed besides the iceberg, but the Titanic exhibit boasts the largest amount of artifacts that have been surfaced to put on display for people. And when I mean myriads, I'm talking over a thousand pieces brought up from the Titanic wreckage, and one of them being known as the big piece. And what they're talking about is a whole side of the ship that's roughly 40 to 50 feet long, weighs maybe about six to eight tons, is just sitting in this Titanic exhibit. It's huge. Um, If you search any of my social media, you'll be able to see it. I'll have photos posted up in the next 24 hours. But when they say the big piece, they fucking mean the big piece. It's the largest artifact ever recovered from the wreckage, and it's in Las Vegas. That's why I, again, anybody who's a fanatic of the, of the history of Titanic, or even just the James Cameron's movie, you should go to this exhibit. We got lucky. Tickets were only $27. Uh, regular price, I think they're $40, bucks, but they're, it's absolutely worth it. Absolutely worth it to go check this out. But in any case... So we're talking about not just like sides of the ship or some dishes. We're also talking about personal effects of passengers who may or may not have survived the wreckage, whether they made it to a lifeboat, whether they drowned at sea or they lived to a ripe old age. We're talking about people's personal belongings, brooches, jewelry, hair combs, shoes, clothing, everything has been cataloged and saved and preserved in this in this exhibit. So we're talking about myriads of things that honestly carry some kind of weight to them. Titanic was a massive tragedy. So wouldn't be surprised to say that, yes, the Luxor probably has its handful of ghosts that are there, part of which are probably still attached to some of these heirlooms that are in their museum now. And it's a little terrifying to know that, especially since I bought an actual piece of Titanic that is now sitting in my home. It's a little scary to know that this was in the hands of a crew member of the ship who may have had this in his hands moments before he died. It's it's terrifying to think about it and a little scary. And it does beg the question of, are we looting from a grave? And the answer is, it depends. I feel like if, you're, if this is something that you're going to gain knowledge from, then yes. I think it is worth noting to hold on to these things. And especially one of the benefactors of the Titanic exhibit was the last known survivor of the wreckage of the Titanic. And... Uh, I'm such a bad person. Her name actually escapes me at the moment. But 
Yes, she was about three or four months old when the Titanic had sank. And she unfortunately died in 2009. She's only, she, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm slipping up here. Um, there we go. Sorry. Her name was Milvil- Milvina Dean. She was the last lo- known survivor of the Titanic uh, incident, uh, incident, tragedy. And she actually funded the Titanic exhibit that now sits in Luxor today, um, up until her death in 2009. But yes, like I said, she, though she was such a baby at the time, she probably didn't remember any of this, but the fact that she grew up in the spotlight for several years until James Cameron's Titanic in 97, and then again got acknowledged again of, oh my God, you were the one of the last living survivors. It, it's pretty incredible. And and definitely has to be terrifying in some form of PTSD for this poor woman. So yes, that is the story of why the Luxor itself is haunted. I personally didn't experience any hauntings during my stay, but that doesn't mean that there isn't spirits that definitely reside within the four walls of that Black Pyramid. Next, I'm going to talk about a very famous celebrity that had died on the Las Vegas Strip. And some of you guys may have thought of it, and you probably guessed right. I'm talking about infamous West Coast rapper Tupac Shakur. Now, me personally, I wasn't the biggest fan of Tupac, but damned if I didn't grow up with his music. I know far too much of his music. And yeah, you'd be surprised to hear, yes, I'm not necessarily into rap music. But like I said, I've grown up with Tupac almost my entire life. I know his songs inside and out. But according to Hip Hop Wiki, this is their claim on on his story. American rapper Tupac Shakur died on September 13th, 1996, six days after being shot multiple times in a drive-by shooting in Las Vegas, Nevada. The shooting occurred at 11.15 p.m. when the car with Shakur stopped at a red light at East Flamingo Road on Coval Lane. Shakur was hit from a 40 caliber Glock four times, twice in the chest, once in the arm, and once in the thigh. He died from his injuries six days later at University Medical Center of Southern Nevada. His killer to this day is still unknown, but it is believed to be a Crips gang member, Orlando Anderson, who was beaten up by Shakur and his entourage a few hours before the shooting took place. Shakur's murder remains unofficially unsolved. Now, everybody who knew Tupac in the 90s knew that he was also in a rap feud with the notorious VIG Biggie Smalls. And there was a very much a very big East Coast, West Coast rap uh, battle. I don't know what you would call it, but I think it was honestly pretty stupid. I wasn't necessarily involved in things like that. And of course, after the death of Biggie and Tupac, their mothers came together at an MTV Awards to put the kibosh down and end this West Coast, East Coast rap battle. And there really hasn't been much of that since, at least not outwardly spoken. But yes, Shakur's murder still remained unsolved. And your girl had the privilege of going to that exact street on this vacation to see what became of it. Now, at the time, it was a pretty hip and popping little area. Now, all that remains of it is an empty, vacant lot. Not even a parking lot, just an empty, vacant lot where people reportedly say that they still see this black SUV still coming up to that stoplight. Just a ghostly image of it. It'll stay there for a few minutes. Then as a light hits it, it leaves. Like, I don't, I'm not talking just drives off. I'm talking disappears. And no one knows. And that wouldn't surprise me, because that is pretty terrifying. This, I'm sure Tupac died with some unfinished business. That's why his ghost is caught in a re- residual loop of never knowing anything to like the great beyond. So yes, that is the story of Tupac Shakur and his death on the Tropicana Boulevard. Or sorry, Flamingo Road. And lastly, I'm going to give you a ghost story of what happened to me when I stayed in Vegas. I want to say it was 2007. 
April of 2007. Now I'm gonna give you a little background on this. That is when that is the April 2007 was the month that I moved to I moved permanently to Los Angeles from Hawaii. And a week earlier, so on April 1st through April 7th, me and my mother went on a cruise around all the Hawaiian islands that you are allowed to visit, which is the Big Island, Hawaii, Oahu, Kauai, and Maui. You are not, as locals or tourists, you are not allowed to visit Ni'ihau, Kaho'olawe, Lanai, and Molokai. These islands are either nature or army reserves or exclusively for Hawaiians only. But that being said, I took, in this, I took this trip, came back home to Oahu on the 7th, immediately the next day on the 8th, took a flight to Los Angeles, and the 9th was on the road to Vegas. So I initially got something that is known as the bends, which is when you go from sea level to a higher altitude within less than 24 hours. And it is fair to say, because of that, me and my mother got very sick on this trip to Vegas. Like, deathly sick. We, we ended up staying at the Circus Circus Hotel in Las Vegas, and we couldn't leave our room. We were so bedridden, it was not fun. Like, I somehow mustered the strength to get out of my hotel room to walk. That's right, walk. And anybody who knows the layout of the Strip, the Circus Circus is on the far northern side of the Strip. And I walked all the way to the Luxor, a good four and a half to five mile walk to go to the Luxor because Chris Angel's Mind Freak was being shown there. And I absolutely had to have this Mind Freak hoodie that was only sold at the Luxor. I barely made that walk, got so sick on the way there that I had to hail a cab to come back to Circus Circus. But in any case, my ghost story starts here where my... For, for the argument's sake, we'll say she's my aunt. She worked at the Circus Circus Hotel at the time and had offered me and my room a room on one of the floors, a, a particular suite. And she knew a, a, a historic... Uh, words. She knew his, a historic story attached to our room, but decided not to tell us. But definitely kind of made a face like, I know something. Nonetheless, we stayed in this hotel room. One particular night, I got up because I wanted to, you know, use the bathroom, do my business, get a drink of water, go back to bed. And the way the bathroom is set up in that particular room is there's a large vanity mirror that's on the opposite side of a wall to the bedroom. Like large mirror where the bathroom sink is, what have you. So if you were looking at this mirror, all you would see is wall. And then... To the right of that vanity mirror with the bathroom sink is a closed door that leads you to the bathroom and to the toilet and your shower or bathtub. So I use the bathroom. I come out to wash my hands. And as I'm washing my hands, there is a shadow of a man next to me. Just a shadow. This man is also wearing a hat. What's even more terrifying about this is we're on a high up floor. I don't exactly remember what floor, but we're on a high up floor. So it's not a matter of, oh, we're on a lower floor and maybe people walking by are casting certain shadows. No. Not only that, all that's behind me is a wall and there's just a mirror in front of me. How is it possible for a shadow to be cast of someone who's not there? And I'm just in, I have my hair in a messy bun. I'm just in my PJs. So it's not me. You can clearly distinctly see a brim of a hat on this shadow. So as I'm washing my hands, I look up, I see this shadow, and the shadow is standing just over my shoulder. I panic. And I call out quietly. I'm just, Mom? Nothing. So as I finish up shower or finish up washing my hands, I dry them, and as I drying them, the shadow walks away. To the left towards the bedroom so I freak out I go over to see where the shadow is going and it's gone the shadow just leaves and all that's left is my mom sleeping soundly and peacefully in her bed I'm terrified absolutely terrified and it's one of those you flick off the lights you jump into bed and you throw the covers over your head and I didn't speak of it until 
when we finally checked out of our hotel, we were feeling a little better. And we had a five hour drive back into L.A. I look at my aunt and I'm like, how come you didn't tell us our room was haunted? And this scared my mom to death because she didn't know. I didn't tell her. And my aunt just goes, oh, yeah, long ago there was a gangster that was shot. And I guess I put you in his room. Fucking thanks, auntie, because that was terrifying. (laughs) So, yes, that is my ghost story from the Circus Circus Hotel in Las Vegas. And I hope you guys are enjoy my segment of Haunted Las Vegas. I know it's been a while since I've done a haunted segment, and I feel like I really owed it to you. So we will get back to this episode after this quick break. All right, guys, welcome back. So for the last half of this episode, we have a lot of movies to discuss. And of course, your girl likes to keep it horror. So we have quite a few to talk about. Rain- Let's starting with Disney. Now, what? Disney doing a horror film? Well, Disney's been known to take movies on a little bit on the spooky side. And this one comes to us from ScreenCush.com. Mm. Sorry, my voice is a little weird right now. Let me just repeat that. This news of Disney's next new movie comes to us from ScreenCrush.com. And what they say is, it is going to finally happen fans we are finally getting a proper rebooted movie of the ride tower of terror now for some of you guys who didn't know about this there was once upon a time a channel segment on the disney on abc disney called um wonderful world of disney and they would show usually very much made for tv movies one of which being Brandy's 1997 Cinderella with Whitney Houston, Whoopi Goldberg, and Jason Alexander. Phenomenal movie. It's easily one of my top three favorite live-action Cinderella, re- uh, Cinderella retellings ever made. And also, roughly around this time, they made a made-for-TV movie based on... The Twilight Zone attraction at the time only at Disney World and MGM Studios, simply called Tower of Terror, starring Steve Gutenberg and Kirsten Dunst. And for what it's worth, the movie's fun, but it's a made-for-TV movie. And this was coming at a time where Disney wanted to start making um, movies based on their rides. This is what took off with Mission to Mars, the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, and the love it or hate it, um, Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion. So with everybody talking about doing reboots and Disney's in that live action market nowadays, uh, even for the longest time, we were hearing that Guillermo del Toro, infamously known for movies like Shape of Water, Pan's Labyrinth, and most recent, and uh, also Crimson Peak, wanted to do a much scarier version of the Haunted Mansion, but still keeping it child-friendly for Disney. And we've been hearing about that for millions of years. But when everybody heard that Guillermo was going to be handling Haunted Mansion, we were all wondering, well, what happened to Tower of Terror? Which was basically, once they built one in Disney's California Adventure, was kind of their version of a spooky ride. Since Disneyland had Haunted Mansion... California Adventure had Tower of Terror, and we feel like justice needed to be served. Well, it finally happened. So the title from ScreenCrush.com simply says, Scarlett Johansson to star in Tower of Terror movie. The article reads as follows. Picture, if you will, a theme park attraction so memorably scary, so terribly entertaining, that a motion picture company would attempt to turn it into a movie not once, but twice. This is not some imaginary scenario. This is a real, very real sequence of events playing out in the world very much like our own. The only difference, this world is located in one of the, of the more commercialized corners of the Twilight Zone. That's the spot for the construction of a new Tower of Terror base. New Tower of Terror, based on the popular Disney theme park rides. Collider reports that the company is working with Scarlett Johansson on the project. 
The Marvel actor is expected to produce and star in the film, which is currently being written by Toy Story 4 director Josh Cooley. If you've never had the pleasure, the Tower of Terror remains one of Disney's most impressive rides. The original one opened in 1994 in Walt Disney World in Florida. Copies subsequently followed in Disneyland in Disneyland in California, Tokyo, and France. Which, slight correction now, according, well, not even according, just facts, we no longer have a Twilight Zone Tower of Terror ride here in California as it has now been replaced with Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Which is not a bad substitution, don't get me wrong. Guardians of the Galaxy was is one of my favorite Marvel movies. But your girl grew up on Tower of Terror. She grew up on the Twilight Zone. That one hits close to my heart. So any of the Twilight of the Tower of Terror rides that carry the Twilight Zone moniker is only now in Florida and in Disneyland Paris. The one in Tokyo Disneyland actually does not have the Twilight Zone attached to it because that show never really took off in Japan. So instead, they built a different version, a different story based to base the ride upon. And you girls got to be kind of honest. The Tokyo Disney version of Tower of Terror is by far the prettiest one. If you haven't seen all the different Tower of Terror rides, go and Google the Tokyo one. It's the most prettiest by far. Anyway, back to the article. The first and most of the other versions are inspired by the anthology series The Twilight Zone and structured as if guests somehow fallen, quite literally, into a forgotten episode of the show. Johansson's project will not be the first Tower of Terror film. Disney previously attempted to cash in on the popularity of the ride with a TV movie of Tower of Terror loosely inspired by its storyline about a group of guests who vanished into thin air after riding the elevator at the fictional Hollywood Tower Hotel. Also going to sidestep the article for a second. They say fictional Hollywood Tower Hotel, but in real life, there is a... a um or was a hotel in Hollywood in the 1940s called the Hollywood Tower Hotel that has now became an apartment complex in, in Hollywood, just off the side of the 101 freeway. This hotel did exist. They say fictional now because now it's an apartment complex, and a very expensive one at that. But no, there is such a thing as a Hollywood Tower Hotel, and that might even become a Haunted LA segment in another episode. All right, back to the article. Steve Gutenberg and young Kirsten Dunst starred in the film, which holds the distinction of being the very first Disney production based on one of the company's theme park attractions. So that is the article from ScreenCrush.com. And there's, of course, lots of photos for anybody who may not have gotten on the ride. They have videos of what the ride through of the Florida version of the ride has. Now, keep in mind, now that there are only three Tower of Terror rides in existence, each three are different. And if you ever wanted to try and go on Guardians Mission Breakout, the layout of the ride is still the same. It's still the exact same ride, in essence, but it is a re-theming. If anybody was ever curious as to what the Tower of Terror ride in California was like before the remodel, the one in Disneyland Paris is the closest to ours. Um, but as far as any of them that carry the Twilight Zone name, the Florida one is by far superior. And if you get a chance to go through the ride through, check it out. Once COVID is safer, once COVID has calmed down and you want to experience the ride for yourself, it is in Disneyland, in Disney World in in Orlando, Florida. It is very much an experience. And yeah, so that is the news of the new Twilight Zone Tower of Terror movie that we will be getting, which I'm very excited for. Um, Aside from Haunted Mansion and Space Mountain, Tower of Terror has always been my favorite ride. It's not even a question. It's in my top three because of its ties to the Twilight Zone, which is my favorite black and white TV series of all time. And if you get the chance, I'm, they don't say anything about a presumed date of when this movie is going to be released, but it is still exciting nonetheless. With that out of the way, moving on to our R-rated horror films, because we have quite a few trailers to talk about here. 
And all of them were trailers that I've watched fairly recently. I've watched them several times over to get an idea of what to expect in them. First one coming up is a movie that's coming out very soon on the 4th of July, and that is The Forever Purge. Why are we not done milking this franchise? Um, Yeah, we have another Purge movie. This is now the fifth one. After we had The Purge, the... I don't even remember the name of the second Purge, but the second Purge, the Purge election year. Then we had a prequel called The First Purge, and now this. And... Oh, Purge Anarchy. There we go. Ha! Um, and that's a shame I didn't remember the name of that one because I thought that one was superior in, in its way. But the first three purges bring something interesting because the first one was a home invasion. The second was you get to be a victim in the streets. So you're seeing them from two different perspectives of a family that thought they were secure in their own home to now people who couldn't make it home in time before the purge started. And then the third covers what happens when it's about the elective officials, when they decide that this is going to be the purge where elective officials can be offed off, can be knocked off, or 86th, for the sake of keeping a campaign going. So those three brought something interesting to the table. Now, for the first purge, I don't, I haven't seen it, so I can't judge it too harshly, but from what I've, my understanding of it is, it's them calling, calling it like the Staten Island um the Staten Island project because it starts in New York and they want to get people to participate and people are offered a certain amount of money if they do and I get it I just don't think it's very smart um like this could be covered in other ways there was also a briefly lived purge uh tv series on the channel called USA And I never watched the series either, but I didn't hear bad things necessarily. So what's with this forever purge? Is it people that just decide that they're not going to follow the evacuation siren once it starts? I'm confused. But I don't, I'm not trying to knock it. I will eventually watch the first purge and get into the series, which I'm not 100% sure if it's still going or not. Or where it's streaming. I think it might be on Hulu. I'm not 100% sure. Do not quote me on that. But I will look into this because I am kind of curious as to where they're trying to take this franchise at this point. But for anybody interested, The Forever Purge comes out on the 4th of July. Next, we're going to talk about the next horror movie that I got to watch the trailer for, and that is Escape Room Tournament of Champions. That one comes out on July 16th, the same day as Space Jam A New Legacy, which... I'm going to be honest, I'm much more interested in seeing Space Jam than Escape Room. Now, I have not seen the first Escape Room, but I've read all the online spoilers. I've seen plenty of YouTube videos rip this one a new one. In concept, it sounds fantastic. An Escape Room that's actually out to kill you. Don't get me wrong, sounds cool. Then I saw the trailer for this and I'm like, this looks stupid. Like they're actually like making it like you're in a plane and you're in an escape room. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. You're 20, 30,000 feet in the air. And I don't know. It sounds a little crazy. And spoilers, it it's the star of the first one. The two survivors of the, of the last escape room are teaming up to try and take down the corporation that put them in that plot to begin with. But it turns out they found other champions who survived other escape rooms by this company and they're all teaming up to try to take the corporation down but the corporation outsmarted them and put them in another escape room that is on a much grander scale which I think is a little insane I don't even think the first escape room movie did well enough to merit the sequel but Hollywood man if you got a cash cow they'll milk it so escape room tournament of champions comes out on July 16th your girl's not gonna skip it She's just not going to review it right away. And of course, any of these movies that I am talking about, I will be doing reviews of them in the future, just not just an unspecified date. The next movie that comes up, I'm absolutely excited for. I've heard about this one for a long time, and that is a reboot of Candyman. Now, what makes me excited about this is because we don't have very many black horror icons 
in the horror genre. And Tony Todd being the original Candyman is fucking epic. I remembered seeing this movie as a kid. I've seen all of them, but I've only seen the first Candyman recently um, in terms of rewatch. And it still gets me. It's still such a, it's a gripping movie to watch. It's even hard to watch at certain points when you watch the sequels. But man, is it packs a punch uh, pretty hard. And from what I saw of the trailer for this one, this is definitely a modern telling of Candyman, and this looks very, very exciting. And of course, we've when you the minute you find out Jordan Peele is behind this, yeah, you can expect some quality. He did fin- he did very well with Get Out, and honestly, I, I I know this I'm in the minority on this, but I think Us was actually a much better movie than Get Out. Though I do like both, I definitely would prefer Us. Because I feel like Us was the movie that kind of, not just pushed him into the horror genre further, but I feel like that was almost like his demo reel to start his version of The Twilight Zone. Which, I'm a bad fan, I haven't watched the new Twilight Zone yet, I do want to see it, but it, you know, if anybody has seen Us, or is going to see Us, Yes, it's a horror film, but it definitely plays like a Twilight Zone episode, like a very R-rated Twilight Zone episode, and that's what I like. That's what I'm here for. So with him helming Candyman, I think we're going to get some real quality stuff. The trailer looks phenomenal. And a little kitschy, yes, because, you know, we're going. it's going back to that kind of urban legend Bloody Mary type of things. But this looks great. Candyman comes out August 27th. Go check it out. And of course, your girl will leave a review about it when she sees it. And lastly, we're talking about the one movie I have been waiting far the fuck too long for since 2018, and that is Halloween Kills. We finally got a confirmed date after it's been pushed back because of coronavirus. We have August, or sorry, we have October 15th for the release of Halloween Kills. Your girl has watched the trailer like seven times. She's fucking pumped. Because Halloween 2018 was a great movie. I know a lot of people have their disagreements with it. And I can understand that. And they're valid. But you're still wrong. Because Halloween Kills looks epic. Michael Myers. Um, the poster tr- of it with Michael Myers with this, with this um, burned mask looks so good. The trailer for it sells me without question. Am I going to see this opening weekend? You bet your ass I will. This looks great. Halloween Kills comes out October 15th, guys. Go check out the trailer. Go check out the trailer for Candyman. Go check out the trailer for The Forever Purge. Go check out the trailer for Escape Room Tournament of Champions. These all look like they're going to bring something to the table. And of course, your girl will review these movies once she gets the chance. Okay, guys, it's that time. We're going to go ahead and jump into some listener-friendly asked questions. Tonight I have three. So let's go ahead and jump right on into them. The first one I got is from Leslie Strong. Hello. She asks, happy birthday, by the way. What other languages would you like to learn? You said in a previous podcast, you know more than one language. Okay, thank you, Leslie Strong, for that question. Yes, I do know other languages. Um, If I can be very honest, all my second languages or other languages have been getting rusty because... They're not getting utilized here in sunny Southern California. But um, when I was going to college, um, at that time, I spoke fluent Hawaiian, Punjab, which is a particular Hindu dialect because my mother was very fluent. So she taught me. I could speak a very little bit, very, very little, like Swahili, which is a um, South African dialect. Japanese was one of the ones I spoke very well with a smidge of Korean. So yes, I was very fluent in these languages. However, as I now move to Southern California, unfortunately, none of these other languages are very useful. Um, the Japanese, Japanese is the only one I'm trying my hardest not to lose because I still have a lot of my college and high school textbooks and uh, homework and paperwork that still could, is still of use to me. I lost the, not the accent, I don't like saying accent, but I lost the flavor 
of how to pronounce it words because I could speak it so fluently and so correctly that you wouldn't know that I was not Asian. Um, as far as I know in my DNA, I have no Asian in me outside of a one eighth percentage of Chinese from my mother's side. But uh, an eventual 23 in me or ancestry kit could change that. Anywho, um, so yeah, as far as right now, I would I can only say that I speak English and very elementary school level Japanese as I'm not using it, I'm losing it. Um, but in terms of other language, languages, excuse me, it's been a weird day for speaking. As far as other languages I would like to learn, I definitely want to learn French as I am from Creole descent and it would be very nice to know a language that I my ethnicity is related to. So I'd like to learn French, I would like to learn German and I would also like to learn Finnish because of my husband, Villa Vallo. But I mean, I want to be a student of the world when it comes to learning other languages. Of course, I would love to pick back up. I would love to pick up Hawaiian again. I would also like to pick up Punjab again because these were languages that I was fluent enough, like for a familiar conversation. Like if I was talking to tourists or somebody else, that would be a different thing but at least on a familiar scale. So thank you very much, Leslie Strong. My next question comes from Goddess Amber 313 Hello. And she asks, happy belated birthday. Thank you. How are your plans going for your trip to Disney World? What rides are you most excited for? Um, there's been a little deviation in that because the Las Vegas trip ended up costing me a little more than I thought. Um, there is a very, and plus with the Delta version of the coronavirus getting pretty rampant right now, um, to the point where they're at, the CDC is asking people who are like me that are fully vaccinated with any of the vaccines to remask up. I feel like there's going to be another surge. And I honestly think that the Disney World trip may get canceled, um, or at the very least pushed back to a later date. And that's just for me wanting to stay safe because, you know, just COVID is just too much. And as much as I want to do more traveling right now, I really do. As the Vegas trip not only took me to Nevada, but I kind of dipped my big toe into Arizona for a minute. Just to, well, to go to the Hoover Dam because it is between the border of Arizona and Nevada. Which was really cool, but... Yeah, I I feel like even on this Vegas trip, I got way too much potential exposure to catching COVID, which again is kind of not the the end of the world because anybody who's vaccinated may will not die from it, but you can still catch it. I just think that that's too much of a risk that I want to play with me and my man's life. So I just feel like for now, I'm halting all trips to anywhere until COVID truly does calm down for safety. But there was talks about possibly changing routes and actually me going home uh, to Hawaii in late January. Um, Partially because it gives me more time to save up money. Um, The Disney World trip was planned for late September because I wanted to go there so I could do Universal Studio Orlando's Halloween Horror Nights. But honestly, if COVID's going to continue kind of doing this, going back on this track as we're slowly getting spikes again, I would much rather just stay home for the time being. Um, I just feel like there's too much at stake right now with COVID. And even the idea of going home in late January is still up in the air. That's nothing, nothing about these plans are set in stone. Um, It... Honestly, all my planning for vacations or other trips is going to basically just wait on, is going to hinge on which way the tide's going to turn with this virus. Um, Because honestly, if I have to wait too long, I might plan an international trip instead. But that, like I said, this all depends on COVID. But rides that I'm excited for in Disney World? Okay, I'm going to be honest with you guys, my fans. I haven't been to Disney World. I've never even been to the state of Florida. Not even on, on, as a, on a stop on, a, on one of my flights, like a layover flight. Um, so no, I don't know what Florida has to offer. Um, I just know that Florida is an interesting state. 
But in terms of Disney World, rides I'm most excited for is, of course, I want to go on their Tower of Terror. It's the first. It's the originator. And it definitely has elements that you're not going to find at any of the other Tower of Terror rides in the world. So I'm most excited for that. Of course, I'm excited for rides like Expedition Everest, rides that you cannot find at Disneyland here in California. Um, their Haunted Mansion is also quite a quite magnificent. <clears throat> Excuse me, my throat today. Um, their ride is quite amazing. Um, and there's other rides too that I I can't think off the top of my head. Like the their Snow White minecart ride is something really amazing. Um, but yeah, that's about all I can think about in terms of rides that they have that we don't. And of course, the trip to Disney World was also going to include two days at Universal, well, Universal Florida, which was, of course, I wanted to get on uh, Hagrid's motorbike adventure. I heard their version of The Forbidden Journey is a little more intense than the one that we have here in California. They also have Escape from Gringotts, which I'm crazy interested in being a part of. I really wanted to get on that ride. And of course, the most recent is the Veloc- the Velocicoaster. Um, which is their Jurassic World themed ride since they still have the Jurassic Park River Adventure and I would love to ride that again for old time's sake since now we have Jurassic World here in California and it's badass but that doesn't mean I'm not going to pay homage to the original ride so yeah there's a lot of things that I would love to experience in Orlando it's just like I said right now with the way the virus is going it's just kind of safer for me to stay put this is called being responsible, folks. And please, I hope that you guys also adhere to this too and just be safe. But thank you, Goddess Amber 313, for your question. And my last question comes from Jackie Rabbit. That's a really cute name. So, hi. Their question asks We haven't seen you work on cosplay in a while. Did you retire? I hope you didn't because you were good. Okay, thank you for that question. Um, it's not so much that I retired. I just had other priorities come up. Um, again, this, everything, unfortunately, always comes back to the COVID virus. Because of that, there were no real conventions to go to. I mean, San Diego Comic-Con that I go to consecutively every year now has been shut down for the last two. It's been shut down last year and it's shut down this year again because of COVID which I'm not upset about. My tickets just got rolled over to 2022. So when it happens, it happens. Um, There's also been no WonderCon. There's just been small pop-up shops or pop-up like market meetups for gothic, you know, gothic um, independent businesses, which I love supporting those. I just went to one the other day that was in Pasadena. Definitely picked up way more than I should have. But you know, this is stuff that I support, like support local business by all means. And so, yeah, just be- mostly because there haven't been any conventions open. I haven't worked on cosplays feverishly. Not only that, I just moved in April to my new apartment and my apartment has taken up all my time in terms of like, you know, getting new bookshelves and beds and dressers and what have you, just making my apartment flourish um, even today, um, you know, I'm moving in my new dresser or not dresser, sorry, my new desk, so my new sewing desk. So I can finally start sewing because I have three sewing machines. Two of them are just kind of locked away somewhere. And one is sitting in my closet, just collecting dust because I had nowhere to work on my stuff. And only now a few, um, two, a couple months after I've moved, am I finally getting a proper desk to work with? Um, I just ordered also this very expensive um, uh, gamer chair because honestly, as a seamstress, when you're hunched over a sewing machine, your back is absolutely murdered. So I need a very comfortable seat to help with my back and spinal alignment and support while I'm working. So I just, I definitely delved into a good amount of money to buy a proper chair to help me while I work. Like, yes, it doesn't fit the theme of my room, which is the theme is the gothic graveyard uh, garden, but it's fine. I I need something that's going to work for me. But no, I didn't necessarily retire. But I mean, you could call this a sabbatical, a hiatus, if you will, for me to kind of recharge my batteries before I jump back into the cosplay market. 
Plus also, you know, I had to spend this time kind of working on my weight and my figure because, and again, nobody's ever made me feel bad about this. This is me being my own harshest critic, you know, wanting to look a certain way when I wear my cosplays. Uh, one of them in particular, my Esmeralda cosplay is still in um, San Diego being worked on by the amazing Kit and her lovely girlfriend, Brie, or fiance, my apologies. Um... So they're working on one of my cosplays right now, finishing up the last little ends. And I'm just honestly, yeah, just taking a break. I do have a few, not even just cosplays, but projects I want to start. Like I was going to make a dress themed after the movie The Shining, which I have all the fabrics for, just haven't started. Um, and I want to do a photo shoot with that. I still have Belle, who she's sitting in the closet currently. But Belle has the smallest details left to finish. Just the smallest. And I haven't even started that. Because she was supposed to be done last year already. It's been over a year since I've had her now. And she's still not done. Um, and I want to do a photo shoot with her. I still have to set up a proper photographer and what have you. And then there's uh, Tiana. Which I have all the materials for. But Tiana has not been started at all. She's just hunks of fabric in the closet. Thankfully, I know somebody who's a ridiculously talented seamstress, a mutual friend of me and Kit's, who is going to help me and guide me into how to make Tiana be the best gown ever. Since Tiana holds a very emotional, um, holds a very emotional place for me because Tiana and I both don't have our fathers and, you know, this is kind of a dedication to them. So... Yes, um, there is projects in the works that are coming. And then after I finish these, I wanted to start doing unconventional dresses. I have a couple of commissions also, like Giselle from Enchanted. But I really wanted to do um, cosplays of characters that never got a lot of love and just throw the costumes on Etsy to sell. One of them being Princess Ilanwe from The Black Cauldron. So there's projects coming. It's just... I haven't had, I don't have the workspace, <laughs> essentially. Um, I don't have the proper tools to get started, which is essentially just my desk and my new chair, which the desk is sitting currently on my balcony, just drying because I had to repaint it and I lacquered it and I varnished it so that the paint will not chip or, you know, rub off on my, my projects. And then my chair, which is not here yet. So... Yes, there will be costumes coming. I promise you that. I know some people have seen my TikToks and saw, oh, she was working on Belle. She made these two Esmeralda dresses, but now it's radio silence. It's not because I didn't want to, and it's not because I retired. It's just don't have the pieces together yet for it. So thank you, Jackie Rabbit, for your question. And that's going to handle our listener-friendly asked questions for tonight. I do apologize if I did not get to your questions tonight. But uh, as always, you can drop me a DM either in my TikTok or my Instagram if you have a question that you would like me to cover. And that's it, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in on tonight's episode. As always, I want to give a shout out to you, my listeners, because without you guys, I don't have a podcast. Whether you are listening in the same city, country, state, or outside of the U.S., thank you so much for listening. You guys keep my podcast going. And as always, you can find me on any of my social media. My Twitter is MoonchildNil. My TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube are MorningStarMoonChild. Please go ahead and give me a like, subscribe, follow, if you, or share if you like the content that I do. And this came in my listener-friendly asked questions, but I will address it here. Someone asked, sometimes you tend to stutter or blank when you or miss say something when I do my podcast do I have some kind of speech impediment and they made sure to say that they didn't mean this in a rude way it was just you know you flub a few times is this something natural honestly it's a form of stage fright for me I'm not exactly a good public speaker or even though I know it's just me recording into a microphone in my own home and no one's listening no one's in my apartment when they hear me do this it's just kind of like when you know it's going to be recorded and finalized you get the, a little bit of nerves and even now after doing so many episodes of my podcast it still happens it's just kind of human nature it it's something I can't avoid necessarily but I'm learning to control it better but thank you for that and 
yeah, guys, that's going to do it for tonight's episode. Next week's episode is going to be a little late. So there will not be an episode this upcoming Friday into Saturday. But just because I need to take a little bit of a break um, and kind of just get back on track, get out of vacation mode. So not this upcoming Friday, but next Friday we will have a next episode. We will have another episode for you as I kind of just kick, take a minute to myself, kind of recharge and get myself back on track. But till then, guys, absolutely stay safe out there. Please follow regulations that are mandatory in your state, CDC guidelines. Wash your hands often, social distance, and wear your mask. Please, it's not just for you. It's for the protection of those around you. Spread kindness. It costs nothing. Stay safe and blessed be.